Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Join us on 239 Uncensored. Uncensored everything Southwest Florida and beyond, and we are way beyond the two three nine. I have rock star, bass player, one of the one of my really good friends. Dave and I have known each other for a long time. We had a blast. Dave, are, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Timmy. We got the split screen. Dave Santos, bass player. It worked. And, uh, I'm going to put something fun on the screen now. We've got, like, Dave Santos, the bass player for pretty much everybody in rock and roll. I mean, Man. tell us a little bit about What are you doing now, Dave? Where are you at? I'm in uh, Nashville, Tennessee at the moment in my house, in my recording studio. You're in Nashville, Tennessee, and I got a chance to come up and visit you. I think it was about a year and a half ago, and that was a kind of funny visit. Uh, I go, Dave, I'm downtown in Nashville. You know, come hang out with us for a while. It took late. you like forever to find the place. You go, I- I'm a I'm a rock star. I don't I don't go downtown in Nashville. That's where the tourists go. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was late at night. First of all, you cops know how to party. Let me tell you, I was it was like about eleven o'clock, I think, when you called me and it's, get down here right now, kind of thing. I was like, no, man, I don't know. I'm kind of in my pajamas. <laughs> a rock star right it's in his pajamas at nine it was 9 30 and i think I, I think we planned it a couple days before so oh. you know i'll give you a little credit a little well i jumped in the car and i raced down there and it was great it was great to see you i was having some arm issues remember my neck and arm stuff like from yeah yeah we talked about that for a while and talked about the surgery and potential things like that so i'm hoping that's all you know working out for you and things yeah. are better with on that side it's cool. Yeah. I'm all good now. Yeah. yeah. So give me a little a rundown of, of where you are now. Uh, I know COVID's hit. Ooh. There's been a lot of things going on. And uh, who are you playing with now? I know Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. Is that where you're touring or who are you touring with now? Yeah. How, how you want a long story or short story on that one? I mean, give me I, a long one. I love it. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, COVID came in, like you know, and everything stopped. So all live music began. Uh, to phase out as it grew and then there was no live music so there were absolutely no gigs no touring of course all the musicians were freaking out and they all went on unemployment we're all you know wow what's gonna happen no one can gather in in large gatherings so no one has worked for over a year and a half i guess going on two years pretty soon so you know all the musicians we went all on rescue mode and tried to figure out how to help each other and, and guys were doing things for each other for free. And, and I've done quite a few recordings that got in Rolling Stone magazine, two, two of them did actually, that were group efforts, the guitar player from Aerosmith and myself and a couple of different people from around, Robert Plant's drummer and, uh, and Wendy, my beautiful wife, Wendy's a great Wendy. singer. And she sang lead and we had all these people guesting on these tunes and we'd send them around from my studio and from other studios. This wonderful artist named Paul Brown, he's from Memphis. He was sort of engineering the whole thing. And he plays with a band called The Water Boys. And you you can go on uh, Rolling Stone if you want to hear these tunes. Rolling Stone magazine featured them uh, twice. One's called Only Love and, uh, and one is called There's Hope for Everyone. And they're both about COVID. And they're both about surviving it and everybody helping each other. And uh, so, yeah, then I came down with COVID, which was a drag. I know you had it. It was something that we, we dealt with. We rolled through it and then 
came out on the other side and still waiting, waiting, trying to get a gig and uh, can't gather. And then Melissa Etheridge's manager called and he said, listen, we're going to try to go on the road, although there's insurance companies and there there are club owners and promoters that, that don't really want to lose their shirts on this. You know, they sell the ticket and then all of a sudden you can't gather. So it was this real weird little area of can we go? No. Yes. No. OK, we're going to go with this club owner or this this person. So they put together a series of dates. And uh, we started and we went to the first one was in Los Angeles and we went uh, three weeks ago to L.A., played a one nighter wow. and everyone was social distancing and it was very uh, odd. It was odd, but it was cool. It's great to play again. And we were all excited. Melissa was totally excited, thrilled. And then we came home, regathered. They did more phone calls and bookings and we got another one in Cabo. In Mexico. Wow. Cabo, That's a good place. Yeah. Where Sammy Hagar is. Yes. Yeah, Cabo Wabo. A lot of tequila down there, right? That's where it's at. <laughs> uh, so we, we went down there and drank some tequila and, and played some shows. No, one show, really. Just one show. I'm just making it seem like it's bigger than it is. We did one little show, but it was great. And then we flew back, and now we're waiting. In one month, we're going to go on this big tour, and it's going to be uh, all over the U.S. We're, we're going to do, I think, three months. Wow. Three months of touring is pretty good. Yeah, so that's, that's a good, good that's a good size tour. I noticed that people are starting to get back into it, paying attention to the tickets and things like that. I, believe it or not, our good friend Cindy Blackman, um, yeah. Cindy Blackman Santana, she they're supposed to be playing just up the road in Jermaine uh, Arena. Actually, now it's it's Hertz Arena, and okay. they're going to be playing. I reached out to her and see if I can hook up with Cindy. She's going to be playing the drums for for her husband Carlos. Big I tour. love Cindy. Oh my God! Remember we used to hang with Cindy. Cindy is the best. She's she's one of my favorites. I actually had her scheduled to be on the podcast, but a couple of people got involved. And, and next thing I know, I'm texting and emailing to, you know, agents and things like that on the side. So I'm going to get hooked back up with her and hopefully we can get her on. But she is the best. Cindy. Well, wait, minute, wait, let me see if I understand this. So you went with Cindy and then you couldn't get Cindy. So you decided, oh, I'll, OK, I'll call. that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. With, you know, David Santos. I guess, you know, he's, he's there, though. But you're, you're no, really, what happened was, is I saw that you were out playing and I wanted to make sure that we had you on. Because I, I know I know Melissa's been down in this area and you play you've been playing with her for a couple of years now prior to COVID. Yeah, six right? Years. Yeah, yeah, six years. God, time flies. Time flies. You know, let's talk a little bit about who you've played with. You okay. know, when I say played with, I mean you know about music. Bass, bass, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Music. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you saved me. I almost started to- <laughs> so yeah, you've told me some good stories, but give give us a couple uh, people who you play with. Uh, Elton John, Billy yeah. Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the long story again, or the quick condensed story? I like long ones. I like okay, long. long story. Yeah. All right. Born in Tampa, Florida. Uh, when I was young, I was in a band with my brothers. My brothers and I uh, had rock bands in the 70s, early 70s. You know, I guess I'm old, but yeah, we played, uh, you know, Hendrix and Beatles, Zeppelin, all that stuff. And we, we were together uh, in playing situations out in the garage out back in the bedroom, you know, just all kinds of like love and playing great music. And the Beatles was a big thing. Beach Boys, Rolling Stones, Motown, all the, you know, great stuff. So then, you know, time passes and you grow up and then one person gets a career doing something else and the other. And then we sort of broke up and I moved from Tampa, Florida to Las Vegas. I was 20 and I got a call to go play 
in these casinos and these sort of seedy things. Got in some trouble with the police. Popo. Popo gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't real trouble. You know, just stuff, you know, drinking and partying too hardy at night. Then I decided, you know what? I'm not really down with this Vegas thing. Moved back to Tampa, regrouped, started playing around town and, and doing what you do when you go back to your hometown, playing jazz and rock and roll in clubs. And then I, I said, nah, this isn't it either. I'm moving to New York. So I moved to New York. My father passed away and I moved to New York. When I got to New York, it was like, you know, the 80s and it was time to really, really get serious about right. making it, you know. So I, I was all day and all night and being in every single possible, every playing situation that would come. I'd play blues and clubs all night, rock and roll all day in, in rehearsal studios, jazz gigs when I could, you know, whatever, weddings, any party would come up, uh, anything. I played in the subway with an acoustic guitar and like, you know, the guitar case open and people would come by and go, yeah, right, buddy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> give me a, give me a buck. Give me a buck. <laughs> and it was cold in New York. Oh, you know? brutal. Cold, man. Brutal. And, and mm -hmm. I had, so, so, you know, like a jacket and guys go walk by, go laughing at you, but I did that. So then, <laughs> especially a Tampa boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then as time passed, you know, I got the Billy Joel gig. No, well, actually, let me back up a little. You don't go from the subway, <laughs> you go to the subway to like playing at fucking Billy Joel gigs. You know, yes, you, you do. Up in the yes, middle. you do. You do that. <laughs> How does yes, that work? In, in, in New York, you do. Billy, <laughs> Billy saw you on the subway. No, well, you know, this one guy did see me in the subway. I have to say, Brian Kramer. He was a blues guitar player, and uh, we met and we started. We made a record with a guitar player from the Rolling Stones, and um, Steve Jordan was playing drums, and and this wonderful legend, Junior Wells, on harmonica, and uh, we we did a blues record. You know, so the subway led to things. Then at one time, well, let me just get to how I got with Billy Joel because that's important. No, I like that one. That's a good story. The basics of it is you scuffle and you, you you do everything you can and you try to make the rent and then you go out and play and practice all day and play and practice all day, try to make the rent. And this goes on and on and on and on and you starve and you eat, you know, uh, ramen noodles. We used to call them ramen noodles as a joke. But, you know, you eat three three for a dollar, you can fill yourself up. Yeah. All yeah. the young musicians, you know. You can buy a case of them for like, still for like $4, you know, a whole case, 24 pack. <laughs> Peanut butter works good and crackers. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Fills you up. Peanut butter. Uh, whole foods. Whole foods. Chocolate. Yeah. But you got to oh, get yeah. the kind that has sugar in it. You don't want to <laughs> eat that chocolate that's like baking chocolate. Yeah, that's a crazy story there. That's yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. so, okay. So then, uh, so I'm in these rehearsal things and one guy calls me up and he says, hey, uh, Phoebe Snow's looking for a bass player. You, you have to audition, but would you be interested? I said, yeah, man, Phoebe Snow. She was this wonderful artist. She's passed away now, but she's fantastic. Got lots of records out and um, maybe 20 albums out. She's really amazing. And I joined her band and that was my first world tour. I went on tour with her, Japan, Australia, New Zealand and experienced that whole what thing. What an experience. Yeah, How to travel. Cool. Yeah, I learned that. From Phoebe Snow. We, we hung a lot for about two years. And uh, that went on. Tommy James and the Shondells called me. I did that. It's like a, we call that the oldie circuit, which I loved, by the way. I love that circuit. That's something that people. And you were young back then. I mean, you were, you, I mean, that was like, what, 40 years ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you, you were in your 30s. I mean, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was 30s for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, money, yeah. money, money, money. That was yeah. a big hit. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. 
he and crystal blue persuasion he had these amazing songs you know uh god you know um, great tunes great tunes great yeah. tunes there are 10 of them 10 of them that you you go that's Tommy James and the Shondells, you know. Okay, so that kept me alive doing those, the Money Money, uh, the uh, Tommy James gigs. Phoebe ended, you know, and whatever. And I went on with Tommy. That did that for quite a while. And then that, of course, wasn't enough money. You're just barely hanging on. You're getting older. It's cold. You're still trying to make it. So I need something better. I got into a regular job of playing weekends wedding work. You know, you just, okay, you know, okay, and you get in your car and you. You drive, you know. You take your case. And... Did you actually have to carry your shit back then, or were you above that? Yeah, it was shit too. I was using crappy. No, no, I'm kidding. You know, you get your bass and you walk in. Hi, I'm here to play. Oh. <laughs> Where do I stand? Yes, yes. You know, and the bass player is like the guy that's stuck in a corner and he's not allowed oh, to move. Did they, no did they... <laughs> you know, does, does the band leader tell you, please stand over here and don't move? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're the bass player. Oh, my God. One time I had my wisdom teeth pulled, and it was a horrible situation. The guy was, like, yanking on my teeth and put his knee on my chest. Like, I can't get this thing out, man. And he, we're going to have to go down to an oral surgeon. He dragged me down the, the, the street in Brooklyn, <laughs> oral surgeon. And I'm, blood is dripping out of my mouth, and I'm, like, real. He's, like, sedated. And he puts me in this chair, and the guy goes, oh, God, man, what did you do in there? Like, he really, like, just destroyed my mouth. And then he's struggling, and then he brings in this beautiful – beautiful nurse that was like 350 pounds and she had large breasts that were huge <laughs> and i'm a breast man yeah. so it was like yeah so he puts my head between her breasts and she's got it like she's got like this and my head is... <laughs> started pulling no it was more yanking like that he said listen if you feel your jaw is about to break let me know raise your left hand okay if it's gonna break you, you can tell is he gonna jaw is gonna break i was like Okay, and so we finished that up. My mouth was ripped, and I went to a wedding gig after that. Drove across the George Washington Bridge, and while I'm on the bridge with this all this like pain and this the meds I'm on, I get nauseous, and I'm like a tuxedo, and I long hair, and I'm like, and I threw up all over myself. Oh. That was like like an exorcist scene, like green stuff all over my tux. That's where Billy Joel found you. That's, That's right. <laughs> That's where he got you. So I walked in. I walked in, and the guy goes, "Bass player." I said, "Yes, nice to meet you." And he goes, "Bathroom's that way." Oh God! So when I went and when I came out, they stuck me in the corner. So that does happen. But anyway, how I got the Billy Joel gig? So I went on one of these wedding gigs like that, and I was playing. I actually, was warming up, getting my sound. You see the amp here? That's my bass amp there. Yes, right, right to the left. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's a nice one there. Yeah. And I plug my guitar in there, and there's a horn section up there. I never met these guys. And a great drummer who played with David Bowie, he's standing behind me. And all these guys are over here, there, and that. And I'm like getting ready, and I'm getting my sound, and boom, 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 boom. I'm playing a few notes. And the sax player, Mark Rivera, who plays with Billy Joel, I didn't know him, uh, he turned around and he liked something about me. There was something about what I was doing in the moment on the bass to get my tone that he liked. And he just smiled at me. So I smiled back. And, and there it was. We played the gig. I went home to my apartment. He went on his way. Two years went by. The phone rang. We had that little exchange, that eye contact thing. It was just a moment, li literally. And we didn't talk at all. It was just, he turned around and went. So uh, he calls me up and he says, and, I, and I'm sitting with some girl like on the couch, like, yeah, so this is my apartment. 
What do you think? You know, and the, phone, I hear the, phone. <laughs> the phone rings. The phone rings all the way at the end of the New York City apartment, and I like, oh, and I jump across her legs, and she's like, "What?" Because I heard him. I heard him say the word Ringo. Like I'm. You saying, remembered it. This is lovely, isn't my apartment nice? Oh, you look lovely tonight. And I hear the phone ring. I said, "Don't worry about it." So yeah, would you like some champagne? I got and I hear and I hear Ringo. I don't want. Ah, I'm gonna jump across her lap. And you're like, oh, because it was probably one of those answer machines back in the day that would pick up. Yeah. You probably still got one of those, Dave. I, for some reason, I know you're a tech guy, but you probably still got one of those. There it is right there. I got it. Right my, I, so I run. Was it, I it was on the phone. Hey, what is this? Hello? And it was that sax player, Mark Rivera. And he said, David, you remember me? We did a wedding gig together upstate New York. You remember you, and we, we looked at each other and kind of like vibe for a second. You remember that? I said, yeah, I do remember that. He said, man, well, Ringo, I'm in a band with Ringo. It's called Ringo's All-Star Band. And it had all these legends in the band, the bass player from The Who and, uh, you know, all these guys. And uh, Ringo uh, is leaving the band because his daughter is sick. This was really, really actually really happened. And uh, he says the band can stay together. But John Entwistle doesn't want to do it without Ringo. So... You know, they opportunity. me, opportunity. yeah, exactly. And I'm, now I, I'm in that band, and it was like unbelievable. I never made money like that in my life. I was a subway guy, you know. Yeah. Okay. So the first time you played, do you guys play like with Billy Joel Meyer and like Singer, or do you guys play and then he comes? The you know the first time he's there. How does how does that work? Like the first okay. time you're like looking over and you're like on stage with Billy and he kind of walks over to you and he's like, "Who the fuck is this?" And then you're yeah. like, you, I mean, you start like, you start like acting like you're you're cool Who with it. Or you're just, like, <laughs> Who the fuck is this? That's about it. Yeah. So okay. Well, that, that, okay. So that was, was Billy Billy then? I mean, was he like as <laughs> Billy as was Billy, huge then? We played. Billy was huge. It was like 15 nights in a row at the garden. Like, you know, it was. Holy so shit. And yeah. Then, so you, then, go, to and then you go, go to the subway to the wedding to Billy Joel. Well, I mean, no, no, Ringo, Ringo. Oh, Ringo. Okay. I got okay, you. I got so you. then the I Ringo thing. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, you had the look. Yeah. So, so but on stage, uh, I'm not to cut you off, but how you look well, over and there's Billy. Well, Billy comes in now. Here's how Billy comes in. <laughs> <laughs> so I go. Where the guy who was playing drums instead of Ringo was Liberty DeVito, who was Billy Joel's drummer for 35 years and right. a legend in his own right. He was playing drums. So we went to the, uh, the the steam room together and we're in the steam room and they're the Mark Rivera and here above me and they're talking back and forth. And I'm sitting down like this. And one guy says to the other, hey, uh, Billy's talking about touring again, but the bass player's not going to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, your ears are like, oh bass player is not going to go. Yeah, he's going to tour with Elton John. It's going to be the two of them together. Gosh, yeah, I know. It's going to be a huge tour. Year and a half. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, we've got to get a bass player. Ding. Ding. Team everywhere. They're back there. Okay, okay, guys, listen, I'm going to go. I'll see you at Soundcheck. I'll see you later. And I go run to my room, pick up the phone, call, and I say, Get me to a CD store immediately. Call a cab. The cab comes. I jump in. He takes me to two CD stores. I load up all the Billy Joel, all the Elton John CDs in the store in a bag, bring them back to the hotel, dump them on the bed, and look at them. Oh, there we go. Get down to sound check, do the gig. I studied those CDs for a year and a half without telling anybody. Wow. And then 
Yep. And then wow. it was time to tour. It the, the timing was perfect. They called me and said, hey, you think you might want to play with Billy and Elton? I said, yeah. So here's the answer to your question. I show up in New York City uh, at, a, at the studio, and they're preparing for this giant taping of a thing called Storytellers, which is on YouTube. You can see it. Okay. And there's Billy Joel, and he walks up to me exactly like you said, and he said, who the fuck are you? Exactly. It couldn't have been more you were, more welcoming. Yeah. Been more welcoming. I mean, how much more welcoming could that be? And you nailed it. You nailed it. That's exact scene. Yeah, I didn't hear that story. You're on the inside track. And I said, "Hey, I, 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 I'm here to play this gig with you." And he said, "You know my music?" And I said, "Yes, yes." Now they had sent me. They had given me five right. songs to learn. Five. Right. But I knew 150, 200. Holy shit. Yeah, because I had studied the, 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 the CDs and stuff that I well, bought. You said they were on CDs, but I'm thinking they were on eight tracks back they then. They were on cassettes. <laughs> they were on cassettes. And oh, cassettes. Yeah, cassettes. All right, yeah. There were some CDs. No, that's amazing, though. It's a damn good thing that you did that. Obviously, you, you got where you were, and you start <laughs> playing a little bit, or how's that go? How, you, okay. how does he test you and see if you're good or not? So you guys are there, and how does he test to see what's the test to see if you're any good or not. I mean, does he like listen to the bass? You know? That's a good question. Now you got to remember this. He's one, of the biggest, he's one of the biggest stars in the world at the time. Sure, sure. And it's like a, one of the best paying gigs that you could have at the time. And here I'm dying to have the gig. So I really, really want him to like me, of course, like you would, like we all would. Yeah. I do everything and say everything that I possibly can to, to make him like me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what you do. That was that, that's the, <laughs> great job singing that, that too, you know? Boy, you sounded man. good. <laughs> you sounded good. You're good, Billy. I've never heard you sound that good. Man, and you're no, handsome. God, you look good in person. But you, but you like must've been up there just sitting there going, damn, this is like getting, this is real. This is a real shit, man. This is like, yeah, this is it was it. real shit. It yeah, was no, that's real. awesome. Now, you did tell me a story. Now, you were with him for a while. Oh, you God. A funny story one time. Oh, and good. I, it's a funny story. Oh, man. I thought you were getting into hotel rooms and weirdnesses. No, no, no. Shit. Okay. Okay. That's way too deep for me. Okay. No, you told me that one time you had an opportunity to make a little extra money, and you kind of told me how you tried to explain that to Billy, and he's oh. like, yeah, so fill, fill us in on that story about how, how you kind of departed from Billy Joel. Billy, are you there? Is Billy going to see that? Is he there in the room? Billy, yeah. Billy remembers you very well, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. He forgot me the next day. 30 yeah. seconds later, the phone rang, and there was like 900 bass players there ready to take my gig. And they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it wasn't that. Okay. It wasn't exactly like, you know, I, I need to make some more. Money. Like you told me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It was exactly like I told you. It was exactly like I told So... Okay, I didn't need more money, uh, of course, because the gig was paying great. It was, oh, okay, okay, I'll tell you, now that I'm remembering it, because like you young bass players, if you happen to be watching this, or anyone, any musician, or any or anyone, real estate person or anything, <clears throat> you know, you're trying to better yourself. You're trying to uh, advance through the ranks, you know, and there's certain uh, income, the hierarchy, and you get more money to do better or sell better or whatever, right? So right. I was uh, with Billy and we, we were backstage at the garden under there, you know, in your little room back there where you're dressing up. And there was a television there and, you know, whatever. This was the Knicks play. And uh, Billy comes in and he says, hey, guys, gather around, gather around. 
So we get up and come around. He's standing in the middle. Liberty and I are standing there. And we're, yeah. And he goes, I'm retiring. And really? Wait, what? Wait a minute. You start thinking, wait a minute. Billy Joel band without Billy Joel. So there is no gig. So he says, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I uh, you know, listen, I'm, I wanted you to see it. For, hear it from me because the TV, you know, I'm going to be down the hall with Peter Jennings announcing this in a few minutes. And uh, I didn't want you to see it on the, on the TV. So I'm just telling you myself, I'm telling you myself, I'm retiring. So, hey, if I were you, I'd find other gigs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would find another gig if I were you. Basically, that's what I'm saying in his New York way. You know what I'm saying? Find another gig. You're on your own. You're on your own. I'm fucking <laughs> retiring over here what i'm doing so so i got on the phone and i found something right so it wasn't like i needed more money he warned us and i went looking and i'm an action kind of guy you know like you you rose to the top of the real estate thing i follow you i see what you're doing i know what you're doing and we all hustle we work hard i'm like that and uh I got with this lady and she was an agent and she said, man, you'd be perfect for this television show. You're young and handsome long time ago, you know, and you, you'd, be, <laughs> you'd be good for this thing where you're going to like back and forth with the host, like, like David Letterman and Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. What do I do? Okay. You got to audition. Well, I'm on tour with Billy Joel. He hadn't finished, you know, the tour. He was letting us know at the end of the tour, I'm retiring. So I take these flights all the way, you know, in the morning, get up, get a flight, go to New York, put a band together, fly back, play the gig with Billy Joel. But it's on the down low. I don't talk about it. We right. don't talk about things. Smart. Okay, then I fly to the next city with Billy, get up in the morning, fly my butt to New York City, put up more work with the band, then, then fly back, play the gig with Billy. And this is working out great. Now it's time for an audition. And I auditioned for this television show as the featured person. I bought some new suits. I'm ready to go. And that's a thousand dollar suit, man. That's, you know, I bought a bunch of them and, I, and I'm ready to go. And I flew back and forth and then audition day. And I auditioned. It worked out. They loved me. There were 40 people auditioning. That was down to me and one guy. Oh, fly back to the gig, play with Billy. Next day, phone rings. It's the, the guy, the producer, Merv Griffin. You ever hear of him? Yeah, I've kind of heard that name before. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, uh, listen, um, we need you to be in New York City on this date. It's only this date. It's the only date you can audition. It's going to be the screen test. We want to see how you interact with the with the star and uh, you against the other one guy. Oh, what date is it? Ah, I had a concert with Billy Joel. Oh, eighty thousand yeah. people at a stadium in St. Louis. <laughs> I said, I can't do it. I have a concert. You can't do it. I said, No, I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. After like four auditions, you know. Well, we'll go with the other guy then. I said, oh, man, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kill me. Kill me right? I said, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. So I call Billy's manager and I level with him. I tell him the truth. And he says, dang, that's a pretty good opportunity. I, I, man, so let's see if we can get you a Learjet. I said, okay, let's do the Learjet thing. He calls me back in 10 minutes. No, not going to make it there and back by the downbeat of the concert. Not going to work. There's one other option. There's a helicopter thing we could do. It might be faster. Uh, how about that? Yeah. So he tried. It didn't work right, out. Right, 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 said, right. The only thing you can do now is talk to Billy. Oh, shit. Yeah. I said, shoot, really? Okay. So he set up a meeting under the stadium. I went down there. He was had his suit in the corner. He was steaming it you know and getting ready and then but you know he looked at his watch when i walked in he was oh okay hi david yes sit down sit down two couches a nice little coffee table i sat down across from billy joel and 
Jesus, I can't believe I'm telling this story. Oh, don't pass this around. <laughs> don't pass this around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. No piss at you, I heard. Well, he's sitting across from me there, and I say, uh, he goes, what's up? You know, he's busy. Yeah, he's got to move. Yeah, and I go, okay, okay. Well, uh, Billy, listen, man, and, and I'm paraphrasing. I got jammed up on something, and it, it, it looks like I, I'm having trouble making one of your concerts. I wondered if is it is it okay if I send a sub to one show? Can I get a guy? Will Lee, my friend Will Lee said he could do it. The bass player on David Letterman, he'll be great. You won't even miss me. I'll coach him through the stuff. He'll have it, man. It'll be great. You'll just come on stage, play the show. It'll be like I'm there. He's better than 80, me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Artis, it'll be great. What? <laughs> <laughs> he said he said perfect joe don't worry about it i mean dave yeah right that's the basic yeah you got it yeah what was your name again i said and what was i thinking tim what was i thinking yeah well no you had an opportunity and if he came to you and said hey you guys need to start preparing because i'm retiring that's what i thought you, you were preparing so you thought. had the conversation yeah and it didn't go well it didn't, didn't go, go well, well. <laughs> So I heard you. I heard you said he was all, all good with it until like the next day, right? He called you said, "Don't bother coming or what?" He wasn't good with it until the next day. He wasn't good with it. Here's the thing: he is the guy that makes the decisions, but sure. there's there's a bunch of other people around in that orbit. There's, you know what I mean? There's sure, big time. Yeah, yeah his, his, you know, you're talking about millions of dollars of ticket sales. You're yeah. talking about insurance companies. You're talking about the management. You're talking about the lighting man, the sound man, all of his people that hang around with him. They're this little nucleus of people. They are, they have his ear. And uh, somehow I offended the, them all. Right, right, right. It didn't yeah. work out. I, I, I went it. and did the audition, and the bass player that filled in for me is still with him. Oh, that 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 makes it makes you doesn't not make you feel any better, probably. <laughs> but you got a nice house here, Dave. You live in Nashville. Oh you man, you know what? The, so here's you know, the thing. Here's the thing about that: getting fired or getting any of these things, losing a gig, losing a losing a sale, or, or whatever it is you're trying to do in your life. You're gonna have failures. You're gonna have a bad situations, hurdles. You're gonna have all kinds of things, disappointments, major disappointments, sure. struggles. You're gonna have those, but it's how you react. And what you do immediately after those that that makes the difference. In right, your life. right. So I jumped yeah, no. right on a, another thing. I got right with John Fogarty, and I got the gig with John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater Revival, which was unbelievable. Great. I was out of work for about a week, and I got on the road with John Fogarty, and uh, it was great because he loved me, I loved him. We we had great times together. We did thirteen years together. I played on four albums. I experienced a lot, and there was a time in between all of that where I went with Crosby, Stills, and Nash because John took two years off, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash uh, was great, and uh, I had great times with him. So had I not lost the Billy gig, I would not have experienced John Fogarty's genius and wonderful artistry, and all those wonderful songs, and that touring experience of. of you know what it's like to tour with him and, and then Crosby Stills and Nash and I got in with the, with the Neville brothers on another break so those are experiences that I would not have had had I hung on to the Billy gig with them for dear life man <laughs> yeah. right right and then Billy was supposed to retire so you know what what did that how long did that last short period I'm sure right oh man he didn't retire it's in his blood he's yeah. not gonna retire I love yeah. Billy though if he ever no, called no. me back which he won't I would I'd love to come back and play with him I'd love yeah, it no. 
great. Yeah, some great. Yeah, he may call you after. That. I know he's going to be watching this. You know, after he's months. uncensored, he's going to call me. Yeah, absolutely, Billy. Billy, I'm asking you right now, Billy. Please, please give Dave another shot at it. I, I promise he'll be at all the gigs, and it'll be great. <laughs> now, you know what? I would like to officially apologize to Billy Joel, to you, Billy, if you happen to see this, for, for doing that. And I was just young, yeah. dumb, trying to get myself ahead. So that's what I did. Understandable. So. Now, let's go back a little yeah. bit. You played 80,000 people. You played to 10 people all through your career yeah. uh, what no, what's kind of like the best size audience and kind of like the coolest venue two two-part question that you've ever played in do you have one place that you were like in the groove and felt everything was lined up that you remember vividly yeah i like the large places uh, for different reasons that i would like the small places and i just played a little club a couple nights ago it was a r&b gig in a bar and i loved it and it felt great i was right up next to the drummer i could hear everything he was doing it was fun the uh the, the front man was exciting and fun to, to he 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 was bonding with the audience and and it was great it was just a small hundred dollar little gig thing that i did and it was great i loved it i would do that any day all day every day if i, if I could it's true yeah you're true to them music yeah yeah it's true and then the experience is easy i slept in my own bed but then on the other hand with melissa for example who is my employer now and has been for six years i enjoy going places with her i love her 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 fans and i love her and uh her family and and the band the band is great and i, I really great guys there's only three of us organ bass and drums and she plays guitar and wow. max is the organ player and eric is the drummer and i'm the bass player and she plays all the guitars she's amazing amazing guitar player and so it's fat and full and fun and she sings her butt off so that's a large venue gig although we play smaller places too at this point in the COVID thing we're playing uh 3000 seaters to 5000 seaters and although there's discussion of of a large uh bigger venue type of thing happening and so i like all of that stuff the big stars that play those giant venues can be uh, sometimes not all of them but they can sometimes be a, a little more aloof and sort of busy with other things and the, the smaller kind of intimate where we're all in the same bus together that that can bring other intimacies together you know what i mean you're, you're yeah, you can talk and have a good time after the show before the show it's kind of like you're a family and you're rolling out versus show up be here I'm playing. I'm done. You're exactly. on. That's yeah, it. no, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, we, we'll, she'll get right on the bus. We all get, you know, we go right off stage into the bus while they're loading up and we sit and we have some food and talk and have some laughs or talk about the show or not. We just talk about anything. We just sit in the front lounge and we just sort of hang out in this bus, which is our rolling home. As you said, we have bunks. You know, right, and, right. And they're condo bunks, so they're larger, yeah. higher bunks. You know, and those buses are nice. They're nice. They're, they're yeah. really nice things. Nice. I, I just bought one of those big RVs. I got me a big freight. Yeah, yeah Class C. That thing freaking rolls down the road, man. It's awesome. You I mean, got it's like a rolling condo. It's like huge. You got a bath and a half, shower. I mean, it's night. I'm gonna come up and visit you. Let's yeah. do a road trip. Let's do it. Let's come do it, on, man. Let's yeah. grab a couple of six packs. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to do it. So, yeah, so it's been it's been tough with the COVID, but we're glad you're back out on it. Okay. You know, we've we've been friends for a long time. We we had a great experience uh way back when Many. driving driving around and landing and taking care of you guys. It's it's it was just just a fun time. Mark we, Long? Yeah, yeah. We had a great time. Great time. And 
we were we were out in New York City. It's, it's still funny because on your picture that you have as your profile picture is a picture I took. So, you know, you've got people taking pictures of you every day, and you chose my picture. I mean, you probably didn't know it, but that was mine. You're I was just last weekend, and my daughter's moving to Brooklyn. Uh, we got to move her next week in Brooklyn. Yeah, Albee Square area. So it's Brooklyn's really cool. She's in a nice building. She got a great job with Adobe Systems in New York Times Square. So it's it's a real exciting time. It so is yeah. Tell yeah. her I said good. Brooklyn is the perfect choice. That's where I lived and I loved it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's badass there. You know what's weird really weird though? It's like at about two o'clock in the afternoon, I see this guy hear this motorcycle revving up. I look and there's a guy doing a wheelie right down the middle of the street with about forty five other ATVs doing the same thing. And I look over at the law enforcement officers, the NYPD, God bless them. They look over at them and I'm sitting there going, they go, yeah, there's nothing we can do. So it's like, and I'm like, where do these guys come from? It's like, boom, they come down the road doing wheelies, having, having a wild time. But oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I was, just, I was very surprised though. New York seems like they're opening up and things are getting a lot better for them up there right now. So it's good. That's good. I got a, a, co a cop story for you in New York. Oh goodness. All right. A cop story. I know you're not a cop anymore. Right. It was late, three o'clock in the morning one night. I, can't, I was coming home. We drove, you know, my, my roommate and I, we had cars, which is rare in New York. We, we drove. We actually, you know, had to get up in the morning. And yeah. Walk, yeah. Which is a really intense experience. And I, and I came home, as I said, about three in the morning, and I hear this crashing sound to my left. And I look over there, and it's a guy. There's a guy. He's got a backpack on. It, he's in my girlfriend's car. He's going through like... <laughs> He's looking for stuff. He's not looking for a place to sleep. He's looking for no. stuff, right? Yeah, loading it up, you know. And I'm watching this. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And so there's a. This is before cell phones. There's a phone booth right there. Of course, I run over and call nine one one. I'm. There's a guy in my girlfriend's car right now. I'm looking right at him. This is New York City stuff. And that she, you know, of course, she asks me way too many questions. You know, it takes way too long. They to, gotta give her all this info: my my name, my address, my history, and what was the name of my first dog. You know, all these different questions. Right, and right. He's loading up. He's already out of the car and moving, and he's moving, <laughs> and he's moving quickly. He's at the pawn shop right now, selling his stuff. <laughs> and I'm talking to this lady. I'm like, the guy's leaving. Just send the cop over now. You know, so. The cops get there and he's gone, way gone. You know, he knows how to be gone. He's gone. He's like, he's vapor, you know? Right, sure. And I'm I'm just like standing there and the guys, the two guys, they pull up and these guys see everything. Tim, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are New York City cops. They see it all. <laughs> there's no, no, nothing left behind with those guys. There is nothing they haven't seen. Nothing. So they, they pull up and the guy... He's idling, you know, and he, he, he hits his window down and he's just kind of leaning back and he goes, what's up? I said, oh. <laughs> I just stole all my shit and he's at the pawn shop now. Isn't he? <laughs> he went that away. <laughs> and the guy's like, man, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? You know, he's real New York. You know, he's just like, what do you want me to do? Really? <laughs> Stop the guy. <laughs> I said, if you'd have gotten here 10 minutes ago, I mean, you could have stopped him maybe. Yeah. And then what? Then we put him in the court and they get right out the next morning. It's, you know, it's, it's, we don't even bother with those guys. I mean, really. <laughs> what? I, I said. He's got my shit. <laughs> he's got my shit. My girlfriend's shit. Important shit. And so he says, uh, listen, this is, this is the story that you want to hear, Tim. 
I said, what would you have done? Well, what would I have done? He looks at his buddy and <laughs> look at each other. And they go like this. He goes, he goes, what would I have done? And the other guy just sitting there, he goes, <laughs> yeah. He goes, I would have beat the shit out of him with a baseball bat if I was you. <laughs> a little street justice, baby. Street justice. <laughs> Oh God, that's that's perfect. Like you said, those guys have seen it all. So your oh, yeah. your call your call is real crucial to them. But to them, that's just the you know, unless it's you know someone getting killed right there, you know, you're you're wound up. Yeah. Oh, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Get a quick yourself. You know what I would have done? I would have beat the shit out of them. Like, what the hell you think I would have done? <laughs> no, it's good times. It's good times. Oh, uh, sorry to laugh. Oh, no, that's great. Well, Dave, it's been great having yeah. you on. I want to have you on more. When you actually let's let's do one of these when you're out uh, on the when road. I'm, when when or, I'm sober. Yeah, when you're sober, oh, you know that, but that's no fun either. You know, I called this morning like I got to get some coffee. I got to put my makeup on. I mean, holy I'm joking. Smoke. I don't drink. I don't drink. I'm just, no, I've been around you. I've never, I've never seen you drink before. No, that was a musician. I'm trying to show that musicians are really. Good. Yeah, you try to be tough guy on it. You know, you got you to have like a, you know. We, and we didn't really talk about too much about that, about you know, like your, you know, after after hours parties and things like that. So we really need to pick up on that at some point. You know what I did? I went to my hotel room and got in bed up under the covers like that and went to sleep. <laughs> Did you turn the air down to like 60? <laughs> I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to be comfortable. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So when you get out, when you get out there and you, and you know, you have a, have a chance, um, give us a call when you're, when you're there. Do you yeah. have, do you have a date now for your next one or? Yeah. August know? 5th, first show. And then we go wow. straight. I mean, we're going straight through till September. Uh, uh, it's like 14th, then only going to take a week off because she has to do some stuff with her kids. And then right after that little kid vacation thing, we go again, straight into Christmas. Oh, it's wow. That's, great. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're back in track and up and rolling. And, uh, you know, it's great seeing you, Dave. Thank you very much. You're looking good, buddy. How are you getting that tan going like hey, that? Hey, you know, I had a chance to go out in the boat, enjoy myself. Life That's is well. good. This retired life is great. I love it. I heard, how old were you when you retired, if you don't mind me asking? I was 54. That was April. So, why, yeah, 54. Why would you retire at 54? 54? Goodness gracious, you don't get your well, security. Well, I got a little bit going on, as you know. I got a little real estate broker. Yeah. I got offices in Tampa and, and Naples here. And I've got, I'm up to like 45 agents. So, we're we're going that route. But I'm going to probably work a few more years. I really like doing the 239 Uncensored podcast. I've got a couple other bigger things in my my mind that I'm, yeah. I'm looking at doing in, in the near future so uh this is really fun though I, I just like i like to turn uh hobbies into fun i think and it's it's a good opportunity for do that to do that now so i've got a really nice studio we're doing some podcasts we're doing some video things so it's it's more of uh just fun i think i'll probably work till you know probably work hard i should say till about 60 and then probably hang it up and then go take my rv out and you know cruise around a little bit Oh, you think you think is there enough money in your you know income portfolio and all that stuff to, to do that at sixty? Just go on the road and just have fun. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, I used to play bass like in high school, so I think I'm gonna probably try to do that. You You're know, gonna try. get back to bass. <laughs> oh my god! So I might go out to Nashville, you know, looking for some lessons. I used to stand in the back and play bass. I mean, I I just I didn't even know any notes. I would just listen to the music and just every Pretend. time I thought I was playing drums. 
Doom, That's doom, what doom, I did with Billy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you got, look at you. You went from the subway to Billy Joel. It worked. It worked great. It's great. No, we're having a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, the real estate is great. We got some great agents. The podcast stuff is good and looking to take that up a notch. And I got a few things up my sleeve for uh, some future, future oh, endeavors. Let me ask you this. What would a guy like me have to do to, to work for you? Like, how can I, like, if I decide not to play music anymore next year or two years from now, what, what do I do? You pack your shit up and get down here to Naples. You okay. know where that's at. Just, I'm going to Tampa, I think. Yeah, this weekend I'm going to Tampa. It's a couple hours up there. You come down here, we'll put you to work. We've got all kinds of stuff for you to do. Sweet. You can either do real estate or you can do the media side. You can do interviews. You can, whatever you want to do, you got it. Open, open door. See, everybody, I'm taking Timmy up on this. That's what I, that's yeah. my retirement. Yeah, let's do it, buddy. Let's do it. And, when I, I can even come up to Nashville to you. My daughter's wanting to move to Nashville. So really? you know, good thing. Yeah, she's in Atlanta now, but she's really wanting to go to Nashville. And yeah. how many daughters do you have? I have two daughters. Okay. One in Atlanta and the other one's gonna be moving to New York here Brooklyn. in the next couple of weeks. Yep. So it's exciting. Did Ballot she get an apartment in, in sorry to keep talking, but did she get her apartment yep. in Brooklyn? Yeah, she's got her apartment. It's like I said, Albee Square, right down near downtown Brooklyn. Super yeah. nice place. I know it. 12th floor, expensive as shit, but uh, she's got a great job. So we're, wow. we're happy for her. We're happy for her. Yep. So yep. Give her my best. And uh, thank you, everybody, for paying attention to this. Uh, yeah, old no, that's great. But I really appreciate it, Dave. And uh, let's stay in touch. And when you get out on the road, um, definitely give us a call. You can do it on your phone. We can do it anyway. And just let us know how you're doing. And be okay. careful out there. All right. 239 Uncensored. Woo. <laughs> All right, 239 Uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And thank you, David Santos, world premier bass player for many different groups. Just think what he would have been if he was if he was with Billy right now. I'd rather be with Melissa. I'll be honest with you. She's <laughs> Woo! All right. We are out. out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production.